Today is March 11th, 2019. I'm Dr. Grant Chandler, Executive Director of the MyExcel Statewide Field Team, and this is Blueprint Symposium. Welcome to our fifth episode as we continue to explore the Blueprint with you, our colleagues in the Blueprint Network. Our goal is simply to help you live and breathe this work so that you in turn will realize your goal of dramatic improvement in student, teacher, and leader performance in a short amount of time. On tap for today's episode of Blueprint Symposium, in diving deeper, we'll explore the interconnection between the Blueprint's leadership network, its powerful learning-focused partnerships between central office administrators and building leaders, and how instructional coaches add an additional layer of effectiveness to this work when principals and coaches also partner to accelerate student learning. In Becoming a Network of Disruptors, we'll talk about how the leadership competency self-confidence is critical to our role in disrupting the status quo. And finally, we'll take a quick look on the horizon and quickly explore the Teacher Collaborative Routines series available now and this summer in a newly automated format to match the Diving Deeper series. Are you ready? Let's go. In today's edition of Diving Deeper, we'll explore the interconnection between the Blueprint's leadership network, its powerful learning-focused partnerships between central office administrators and building leaders, and how instructional coaches add an additional layer of effectiveness to this work when principals and coaches also partner to accelerate student learning. In ASCD's March 2019 edition of Educational Leadership, Sweeney and Mossback wrote an incredible article, Creating Powerful Principal and Coach Partnerships. I referenced the entire edition of Educational Leadership Magazine in today's edition of Blueprint Installation Central. But in this particular episode of Diving Deeper, I'd like to really take a quicker and more in-depth look at this particular article, because I found it really interesting to think about extending and adding a layer to the partnerships, which is exactly what the Leadership Network is really all about. How do we support and build effective partnerships at all levels of the organization to be able to accelerate student learning? The Leadership Network focuses, of course, on the partnership between central office and administrators. Moving beyond a central office administrator's walkthrough of a building to literally creating learning-focused partnerships where central office leaders and building administrators roll up their sleeves and do the work together. Obviously, that work is around instructional improvement at scale throughout the building. But then this article poses really interesting ideas when we think about how building principles can replicate this idea of a learning-focused partnership with the instructional coaches that are in the particular building. So let's think about, right, how can we build that other layer of support so that those partnerships are equally important? And that's the, that's the crux of the article that Diane Sweeney and Ann Mossbach wrote and published in the March edition of Educational Leadership Magazine. How principals can elevate the work of coaches to improve student learning. In the, in the article, they really talk about um, several practices that I think are just really, really important. The first one, connect coaching to school improvement. And we can take that at whatever level of partnership 
and coaching we really we want to think about right when we think about the learning focus partnership between central office and building administrators and in this particular article when they're really talking about partnerships between principals and instructional coaches we really want to connect coaching again at any level to school improvement and one of the things that they really talk about in the article which we talk about in blueprint installation is find your focus right you can't coach around everything and you can't do everything so let's really think about how we focus everyone's efforts at the building level so that we can impactfully change and enhance adult capacity to accelerate student learning one of the things that they talk about one of the, the a quote from the article what makes the thing come to life are the supports that rest underneath it professional learning and for them coaching so when you think about the the great work that we're trying to do it really they really mirror the installation cycle that we talk about learn install calibrate and sustain the second practice that they talk about which again is mirrored in blueprint installation is to define and set expectations for high quality instruction uh, it's really this practice that they talk about here really is based on um, the the school principal as leader from the wallace foundation and they quote and i'm quoting from that article in 2013 and here's the quote they emphasize research-based strategies to improve teaching and learning and initiate discussions about instructional approaches, both in teams and with individual teachers. They, these instructional leaders, pursue these strategies despite the preference of many teachers to be left alone, unquote. So we've all been in those situations as teachers when we felt as if we weren't getting support by our building level administrators or we weren't getting the right support that we needed and so the the whole crux of the blueprint and certainly articles like the one written by sweeney and musbach is to really think about how we get the right supports to teachers to help them continuously grow on that quest for to in order to deliver high quality instruction to every student every day and not all teachers are open at first to that level of support sometimes they're not open for really really good reasons but as we think about how we can leverage the blueprint as a growth mindset that we can put these appropriate systems and routines in place you know, this whole idea of instructional coaches partnering with principals who are partnering with central office administrators to, ex to accelerate student learning is critical. And one of the things, the third notion or practice that they talk about in the article is to develop a sound, coherent coaching model. You know, we use that word all the time, coach, right? Uh, we, we use it in sports, we use it in extracurricular activities, we use it in educational improvement and continuous improvement all the time. But you know, what do we mean by coach what do we mean what are actions associated with effective coaching what are what are actions that aren't aligned to effective coaching and so they really talk about in this article this need for 
which I would mirror in terms of importance and, and emphasize is this need to really identify sound, a sound coaching framework so that we can be as successful as possible in our interactions, whether that is central office coaching principals, principals coaching teachers, principals and instructional coaches coaching teachers. The end game is we can't accelerate student learning alone. And Sweeney and Mosbach in this particular article give us a great example of how partnering, collaborating with instructional leaders at every level of the organization is critical to accelerating student learning. If you haven't seen the article, I would strongly encourage you to give it a, to give it a quick look, as well as the entire edition of the March edition of ASDD's Educational Leadership. A great, great edition on many aspects of instructional leadership. Until next time. Today in Becoming a Network of Disruptors, we'll talk about how the leadership competency, self-confidence, is critical to our role in disrupting the status quo. In 2008, Public Impact defined self-confidence as one of the critical competencies needed for effective leadership. They define self-confidence as a personal belief in one's ability to accomplish tasks and the actions that reflect that belief. Let's think about that in terms of uh, disrupting the status quo. This is a very difficult work to do. Uh, you're constantly looking at barriers and challenges to, dis to that disruption. And this idea of self-confidence becomes really critical. Let's think about the last couple of editions of Blueprint Symposium. In one of those editions, we talked about the role, I believe it was two weeks ago, the role of team leadership and how important that competency is in order to need it, in order to really define and to support our district networks, our building networks, or other groups for whom we have responsibility to lead. Couple that team leadership competency with self-confidence. In many instances, you have to create this compelling reason why we need to do what it is that we need to do. And that is that highest level of team leadership, right? Being able to create a compelling vision, a compelling message for why we would expend our effort and energy to do a certain task. That is the highest level of team leadership. But think about that. Often we do that in an environment where we are challenged or where barriers exist. And so this notion of self-confidence becomes a really, really important part of the work because your ability to use team leadership can be thrown right off the tracks if you don't have and have not established a real personal belief in your ability to accomplish specific tasks. So let's look at the rubric that we use that's adapted from Public Impact from 2008. At the lowest level of self-confidence is someone who feels or acts powerless. They publicly express a lack of confidence, they defer to others inappropriately, or we avoid challenges because of a fear of failure. Moving up the chain to, to that level two 
where we are able to conduct tasks without hesitation. Here we don't necessarily even still have a profound sense of self-confidence. It simply means that we're, we have the ability to work independently as needed. But let's explore what happens when we have enough self-confidence to really go about doing the work that we need to do and think about this in connection with our ability to lead teams effectively. At that level three, where we have enough of that self-confidence to be able to act and move impactfully, where they define that in three ways. The ability to act decisively and forcefully. The ability to state confidence in oneself and the ability to justify and defend confident statements. So let's explore those a little bit. What does it mean when we make decisions despite disagreements with peers or subordinates, or we act outside of explicitly granted authority, but of course do that without breaking the rules? We openly state our own expertise or compare self positively with others. We view ourselves as a key actor or originator in important work, we express confidence in our own thinking, we stand up for ourselves and position in conflict, and we follow our statements with actions that justify confident claims. I wonder how we can be effective as team leaders if we don't have that same level of self-confidence to be able to help guide groups of educators toward breaking the status quo, towards disrupting the status quo, and really thinking about how we go about doing things differently. I really see this coupling of team leadership and self-confidence as being really, really important to our work. In the next edition of Blueprint Symposium, we'll even add on a third area, and that is impact and influence. But today, let's just focus in on self-confidence, recognizing that we have the knowledge and the skills, and when we need to learn them, we can develop them and grow them, but we have to really be confident in our ability to successfully install the blueprint, to disrupt the status quo, to lead groups of educators impactfully in order to accelerate student learning. And so when you think about that work and you think about the leadership network and you think about all that we do, to grow our skills and our abilities. Let's not think about these competencies in isolated or siloed factions. Let's really think about these in terms of how we use them collectively. So let's think about what we talked about two weeks ago around team leadership and what we need to do in order to be effective in how we lead building networks or district networks? What is the self-confidence and that level of self-confidence that doesn't, doesn't take on an air of arrogance, but simply allows leaders to be able to do their work knowing that they are doing the right work and that they are leading in the right way and that they are skillfully, as skillfully as possible, trying to eliminate barriers that get in the way of our ability to disrupt the status quo. And then finally, in two weeks, we'll explore that a little bit further when we add that, that, that last competency at the lobby level, which is 
impact and influence. And then we'll explore them all together. What kind of leader do we become when we have the skills we need to lead teams, when we have the self-confidence we need to lead teams, and when we have the ability to impact and positively influence others in helping them grow. The blueprint is really about the growth mindset. It's about building systems and routines, installing them into the organization, and then growing adult capacity so that we can effectively leverage those drivers, district systems, driver systems, and building level routines. We're gonna need these key leadership competencies at all levels of the organization in order to do that work effectively. So I'd like you to think about as you're moving forward with coaching conversations, with the leadership network, at whatever level of installation you're in, how can we also focus in on these competencies for growth so that we can be stronger, more impactful leaders? We've talked about team leadership. We've talked a little bit today about self-confidence. We'll continue to explore the critical and alternate competencies as Blueprint Symposium continues. Let's take a quick look on the horizon and explore the Teacher Collaborative Routine Series, available now and this summer in a newly automated format to match our Diving Deeper series. This is the first real-time support that has been created to support teachers directly. I'd like you to think back for a moment about our installation cycle. In an earlier edition of Blueprint Symposium, we defined the installation cycle as four parts, learn, install, calibrate, and sustain. And thinking about that and connecting that to the growth mindset of the Blueprint overall, we wanna be very careful that we don't do what is typically done to teachers and just simply expect them to do something differently without giving them the support that they need to be able to do that. Just because we're teachers doesn't mean automatically that we know how to collaborate with our peers, that we know what we should be collaborating about, and that given the fact that our teachers are incredibly busy with all of the things that they are being asked to do, how can we help them collaborate in a way that it is effective and efficient so that this is not just something, another thing that we ask them to do, but actually is the cornerstone to the work that we do at the building level in order to accelerate student learning. So again, going back to our installation cycle, we've defined that in four areas, learn, install, collaborate, and sustain. Before we ask anybody, whether it's teachers, principals, or central office administrators to do something differently and to think about how they might use a system, we really need to understand what that system is. And that's the learn feature of the installation cycle. Then we wanna put it into play. We want to install at this point, and in this particular instance, we want to install those teacher collaborative routines at whatever floor, whether that's level one, two, or three, uh, and we want to put those into practice so that they become organic, everyday ways that teachers collaborate. Once we've done some of that work at the installation level, then we want to calibrate that, right? We want to measure to what degree we have those teacher collaborative routines that we've targeted in place 
uh, and how we can then use the data that we collect in calibration to figure out how we can best support um, teacher collaborative routines to be even more uh, efficient and effective. That is that calibrate phase until we look toward sustain, which is of course how we can make sure that that great work continues over time. So we've developed the teacher collaborative routines series so that we can provide that direct support to teachers and to building level principals and other administrators who are supporting teachers in organically installing the teacher collaborative routines. We've divided that series into three areas, which of course correspond directly to the three floors of the teacher collaborative routines. Floor one, instructional design and delivery. Floor two, deepening knowledge of student learning. And floor three, collegial reflective practices. I would strongly encourage you to consider how we use the teacher collaborative routines series in that learn phase of the installation cycle so that we can better support principals and teachers in realizing and putting into place these teacher collaborative routines. There are two ways that this is being done out there in the field so far. In one district, the entire district, including all teachers and administrators, are looking at and taking the teacher collaborative routines level one course so that they, once they have taken that course and have developed a shared understanding about what that means when teachers collaborate around instructional design and delivery, then they're better prepared to put those organic practices into place. Another district is having the building leaders take the teacher collaborative routines level one course so that they can provide that level of support and professional learning to teachers. Regardless of what way makes sense for your district, I would strongly encourage you to think about and utilize the Teacher Collaborative Routines Professional Learning Series. It's available now. New sections begin April 8th, June 17th, or August 10th. And again, we think this is a critical resource to provide directly for teachers to help them become effective and efficient collaborators around instructional design, student learning, and collegial refractive practices. And that wraps up episode five of Blueprint Symposium. I hope you're finding these new tools to be useful, engaging, and supportive of your efforts. Blueprint Symposium is now available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now it's easier than ever to find and listen. Just add it to your library and you'll never miss an episode. Our next episode of Blueprint Symposium is March 25th. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at Grant A. Chandler or the statewide field team at Blueprint underscore Swift. Join me Tuesdays at 7.30 for live chat on Twitter using the hashtag Swift underscore live chat. You can also continue our conversations using the hashtag disrupting the status quo or hashtag blueprint underscore swift. For real time, real support, join us Wednesdays at nine or Thursdays at four, moderated by Angie Jack and yours truly. From all of us at the statewide field team, here's to a great week of educating and supporting each child. The MyExcel Statewide Field Team is dedicated to providing local districts and the ISD ESAs who support them with the intense support needed to assist them in systemic reconfiguration with the sole purpose of saving the lives of Michigan's children. 
We are committed to this vision and will do whatever it takes to support district superintendents and their teams in this critical endeavor to educate all children and to demonstrate to others that public education is viable and is capable, if it chooses to, of successfully serving all children in a culturally proficient environment, regardless of who they are, how they identify themselves, where they come from, or what type of family support they have or do not have. The MyExcel statewide field team operates from the Calhoun Intermediate School District and is funded from federal Title I funds through a statewide competitive technical assistance grant from the Michigan Department of Education. Thus, these materials were produced with Title I Part A funds and are part of the public domain. The MyExcel statewide field team proudly recognizes its partners in this work, Muskegon Area Intermediate School District, Eastern Upper Peninsula Intermediate School District, Gogebic Antanagan Intermediate School District, and MAISA. We are grateful for their willingness to share their expertise with us and with the entire state. The original music used in our podcasts and vlogs was composed and performed by Claire Castle. For more information about the statewide field team, the Blueprint for Systemic Reconfiguration, or to access Blueprint tools and resources, check out our website, www.myexcelresourcecenter.org. That's www.mixcelresourcecenter.org.